Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio after a day away. We were at the Oyo, the underground lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We were there for the national championship game, except for TCU wasn't there for the national championship game. <laughs> I guess they were a no-show, right? We were there. We were excited. I was fired up, man. We had my man Steven Simcox on the show yesterday, breaking down the Horned Frogs, how great that will be. They could find a way to get a W, keep it close. They were 13.5-point underdogs. I mean, all the storylines were right there. David versus Goliath, whatever you want to say. Had a nice, you know, amount of Raider Nation there. My man Fabian came out. His wife came out. Vegas Jess was there. DeMond, you showed up. We were there, man. We were there ready to watch a game. Well, we're still waiting to watch a game because that was that was one of the worst games I ever seen. I mean, it was over, DeMond, before it really got started. No, Q, you gave all the hype, all the preamble. You even <laughs> hyped up the strength and conditioning. Coach I know, that TCU man. Had. I went all the way oh, in. Oh, man. And then, like they say in wrestling, and then the bell rang. <laughs> You said that yesterday when we were at the Oyo, and it was the funniest thing ever. I was like, man, what happened to this game? And DeMond said, as they say in wrestling, and then the bell rang. And that, man, I almost fell out of my seat when he said that because that is exactly what it felt like, right? It felt like all the hype was there. There was a buzz. There was some energy. And then all of a sudden you heard, ding, ding. And it was over (laughs) immediately. It was a level three lock. Come on. (laughs) It was a level three lock that it was over. It was a wrap. Man, that was embarrassing. That's that's bad for college football only because they're expanding to 12 teams, right? So they're expanding to 12 teams in the playoffs, and they're going to look at that sample size and say, see, that's why it should just be the, the, the Blue Bloods that are in there every year. Because someone would make the argument that if you had taken TCU out of there and maybe put Alabama in there, they would have done better than that, which they would have. <laughs> and Alabama give, gives you that proof when they beat – Kansas State, the Big 12 champion, by over 20 points. I want to say it was 25. Yeah, they beat the brakes off of them. So there's that. But anyway, that's for another day. Uh, congratulations to the uh, the fighting Zamir Whites. Uh, the fighting Tra- Trayvon Merricks did not have any fight. So I know somewhere Raider Max like, that's right. <laughs> that's right, Q. You tell him. Trayvon Merrick, he better tell them boys they've got to be a little bit better. Zamir White, proud Georgia alum. He uh, two-time, two-time national champion back-to-back. That's pretty good for them, though. Uh, they're making a case for themselves of being the the end-all, be-all when it comes to uh, you know college football, and they're actually expected to be better next year, which is scary. That's hard to believe because this team, how could they have been better than last year's Their team? defense, they have a lot of young defenders, as TCU found out in the second half when a lot of those cats were playing, that are better than the defense that they had this year. So Georgia's going to make a case for themselves to be the new Alabama, right? I mean, Alabama uh, ran college football for a very long time. Kirby Smart came from that Nick Saban tree, and, well, it's it's paying off. One of the few guys that leave the Nick Saban tree and leave that coaching, that coaching regime and all of a sudden become successful, Kirby Smart has figured it out. At Georgia. So uh, college football is in the books. It's a wrap. Georgia is your defending national champions. 
They did not lose the game. Even though they started out the season ranked third overall in the country, they went start to finish without any blemishes and had two bookend wins. The very first game of the season, Georgia beat the brakes off of Oregon. Shout out to my man, Eddie Pascal, a uh, big, proud, <laughs> proud Oregon alum. <laughs> I thought of him when Georgia was beating the brakes off of Oregon, and then they beat the brakes off of TCU. Shout out to Trayvon Merrick as <laughs> they became a victim as well. So there you go. Now it's all about the NFL playoffs and, of course, the NFL offseason. Excited about the fact that the Super Bowl is going to be here before you know it, and we'll be in Arizona. Very excited about that opportunity. And, Damon, I know you're kind of fired up as uh, you've seen your credential come rolling through and said, okay. Okay, now we're talking. We're going to be in uh, in Phoenix, Arizona for the Super Bowl week, as we were last year in L.A., but uh, you didn't make the trip, but this year for sure you'll be making the trip. Got to be excited about that. Oh, I'm so excited. This is a bucket list item for me. And when you get into covering sports media, the Super Bowl, it should be on everybody's list. I don't even care if football's not your main beat. <laughs> it's just fun to be there, so I'm I'm excited to see what it's going to be all about. You know, it's funny. The first time I went to the Super Bowl was when the Niners played the Ravens in New Orleans. That was the very first Super Bowl trip I ever made, and I didn't even know that I wanted to go to the Super Bowl trip, right? My, my uh, program director said, uh, he called me one day and was like, hey, man, uh, we got one more spot, one more credential for the Super Bowl if you want to go, and I didn't even realize that I wanted to, and I was like, yeah, why not? Let's go do it. And then I, when I went, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is – this is next level stuff. And so uh, I've been pretty much to the Super Bowl or covering the Super Bowl each and every year since then uh, with, you know, one or two missing in that like Minnesota. I didn't go to that trip for obvious reasons. It was Minnesota. Then we had the COVID year and uh, didn't want to go there because it's not going to be a rat race. But I'll tell you what, it's going to be a rat race this year. So February what, 5th through 10th will be in uh, Arizona. So just buckle up for that and just know that the coverage we had last year here on Red Nation Radio 920 and also our sister station ESPN Las Vegas will be bigger and better than it was last year. So excited about that. But I'm also excited about the show that we have for you today. Coming up at 2.30, our good friend Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. He'll join the show to talk all things silver and black. Kind of talk about the state of the Raiders. And that's going to be kind of the theme of today's show, the state of the Raiders, where they go from here. And uh, Coach McDaniel said yesterday when he met with us at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, it's evaluation time now. He's got to evaluate everyone, including himself, including his coaches, as they move forward and go into the offseason and make roster changes, make coaching changes, whatever the cases may be, whatever the changes they're going to make, they'll make. But it all starts with the evaluation process. So Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, he'll join us at 2.30 to talk about that. Coming up at 3 o'clock, John McClain, gallerysports.com, Sports Radio 610 in Houston. He joins us each and every Tuesday at 3. He'll join us. And one of the things I got to ask him about is a report that I saw from our good friend Jordan Schultz from The Score saying that, and, I, and this is just a report. Who knows you know, how, how much legs it really has. But that the Arizona Cardinals and their ownership pretty much wants to trade DeAndre Hopkins. Remember, Cliff Kingsbury, the Cardinals head coach, has been fired. Also, their GM is not coming back. So you're telling me that there's a rumor out that you want to trade your best wide receiver and you don't have a head coach or a GM yet? How bad is that? How are you going to attract a really good head coach? Like, hey... Got this head coaching spot. You want to interview for it? Oh, by the way, going to trade your best player before we get there. Right? I mean, there's no Kyler Murray. He probably won't be back next year, uh, or if he does, very late in the year because of the ACL surgery. But you're going to throw out and put put DeAndre Hopkins' name out there on on trade blocks already? And it's, it's January 10th? You don't even have a coach or a GM? Something don't smell right around that. Sounds like we already know who's in the running for the number one pick of next year's draft. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That well, that's why it doesn't smell right, right? It sounds like they're doing a lot of tanking. So, uh, and and I, you know, I don't. Again, I, I've always said I don't sign up for all the whole tanking thing, but that just sounds like a real weird situation. Like, why would you advertise that you're going to try to trade your best player before you even have a coach or a GM? That's just 
There's some weird things going on around the NFL uh, today in Washington. Uh, 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 Ron Rivera fired his offensive coordinator, uh, Scott Turner. So now he's out. So now the Washington Commanders are looking for a new OC. Roquan Smith, stud. He signed a big-time contract extension, $100 million contract extension with the Baltimore Ravens. And when they traded for him and they gave it the draft capital that they did, you knew there was no way that they were going to let him walk. But it's funny. We did the Raider Roundtable today, JT, Lincoln, and myself. And right in the middle of it, we started talking about the Raiders and the fact that they need a linebacker. And they've needed a linebacker for a very long time. I mean, that's nothing. We're not breaking any news. But we were talking about that. And I brought up Roquan Smith. I said, they need a Roquan Smith. And JT was like, yes, absolutely. They need that guy. And I promise you, Damon. About five minutes later, you know how it is on Tuesdays whenever we record the Raider Roundtable, something always happens. About five minutes later, little you know note came up from Shefty. Uh, Roquan Smith and the Ravens have agreed to a you know four year, five year, whatever it is, hundred million dollar contract extension. I said, yep, there you go. Sure enough, and then someone that actually tweeted at me and sent me a message. What do you think about going and getting Roquan Smith for the Ravens? And I, before I had a chance to say they ain't gonna let him go, well, they signed him to a contract extension. So there's that twenty million a year. Not bad. Not bad. He's a hell of a player, and that's exactly – I mean, the Raiders need alpha dogs, and we'll talk about that, obviously, uh, throughout the course of the show and throughout the course of the offseason. That's an alpha dog that they could have used. They absolutely could have used a guy like that, and uh, I knew when the Ravens traded for him that he wasn't going anywhere. I mean, they just gave up too much draft capital to go get that guy, and it wasn't even a lot of draft capital, but giving up any just to have him as a rental – doesn't make any sense to let him walk in free agency. Doesn't make any sense. So, uh, yeah, just it, it made sense when they signed him to that contract extension because you knew that was coming. But we'll talk all things NFL with John McClain coming up at three o'clock. At four o'clock, Lincoln Kennedy, who I was, you know, part of the Raider roundtable with today, it was very good. Matter of fact, it's out right now. If you want to go ahead and check it out? You can check it out uh, on the Raiders YouTube page, and uh, you can hear the audio part of it after this show coming up at five o'clock here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Again, you can check out the YouTube, but don't do it till about five. That's that's what I say. JT did a fantastic job. Lincoln did a fantastic job. I held it down, did my stuff, you know, but don't check it out till five. I'm just saying, listen to this fine show before you get there. Just going to go ahead and throw that out there. Why not, DeMond? <laughs> you know, you making, you looking at me like, why would you to, to, to not do Of course, I want him to listen to the show first. Of course, I'm not, oh, I'm not down you at all. <laughs> okay, so Lincoln Kennedy, he'll join us at four o'clock, talk about what he saw on Saturday against Kansas City as the season got wrapped up. Plus, just talk about, you know, kind of reflect on the season. Uh, just like I said, kind of wrap up the season. We'll do that with Lincoln Kennedy coming up at 4 o'clock. And then at 4.30, Coach Rick Urich uh, from Palo Verde High School right here in the Las Vegas area, uh, girls flag football coach. He is the recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. Uh, they do it each and every week, just like they do in high school uh, football for the boys. So uh, got a few minutes to talk with uh, Coach Rick Urich. We'll do that coming up at 4.30. Again, he's from Palo Verde High School. And they're on the tear, man. They were like 13-1 and one on the season, just won this big-time tournament where they had like four or five games in two days. Uh, they're 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 playing some lights out uh, flag football. So uh, Palo Verde High School coach Rick Urich will join us coming up at four thirty. So those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today. Paul Gutierrez at two thirty, John McClain at three, Lincoln Kennedy at four, and Coach Urich from Palo Verde High School coming up at four thirty. Now let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So want to get into the opening drive, want to talk about, obviously, the Raiders and their roster, and everyone's going to immediately start talking about, all right, who's going to be the next this? Who's going to be the next that? Uh, what quarterback's going to be brought in? That's going to be a conversation that's going to happen just about every day until uh, the Raiders make a decision on their quarterback position. And, of course, free agency is going to come up. Then the draft is going to come up. But one thing I wanted to point out, and I kind of wanted to go over, before you can make all these decisions, 
on who you want to bring in, you also got to look at your own roster. As I mentioned at the top, Josh McDaniel said that it's evaluation season. It's, a, it's time to break it on down. Look at whose guys that they should bring back, guys who they shouldn't bring back, guys who they you know e- either need to give a contract extension to, whatever the case may be. It's all evaluation. So before you can really break it down, down and you can start talking about who you want to bring in, you got to think about who you want to hold on to. And right now, if you check out Spotrack.com, the Raiders have 26, 26 unrestricted free agents going into this offseason. 26 of those guys. So when Josh Jacobs is in the locker room saying, I'm just going to enjoy this last week with the guys because this locker room is going to look a lot different, that's the reason why. 26 unrestricted free agents. Everyone obviously is not going to come back. My question to you, Raider Nation, I want to throw it out there to you at 702-365-9200 and, of course, the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Who do you want to bring back? I looked at the 26 players that are unrestricted free agents, and I'll go over their names real quickly just to give you a refresher. I looked at all 26, Damon, and I, I got the list out for you as well so you can check it out. And anyone else that's uh, you know sitting at their computer or sitting at their house and want to check it out, go to spotrack.com, just pull up the Raiders. And you'll see all 26 players. I came up with five guys. Not saying that only five guys are going to come back out of 26, but I saw five guys on this list that I would like to see the Raiders bring back. They could bring back more. There's other guys that fill voids. But there's really, for me, only five guys that I'm looking at that I think need to come back in 2023. So I'll go over the list real quick. Clee Farrell, Anthony Averett, Brandon Parker, Denzel Perriman, Josh Jacobs, Jerry Tillery, Mac Hollins, Rocky Yassin, Jakob Johnson, Keelan Cole, Deron Harmon, Jermaine Illuminor, Jayon Brown. Page two. <laughs> Andrew Billings, Amir Abdullah, Isaac Rochelle, Jordan Jenkins, Micah Kaiser, Tashawn Bauer, Matthias Farley, Sidney Jones, Roderick Teamer, Jesper Horstead, Curtis Bolton, Jarrett Stidham, Foster Morrow. Those are the 26 guys. And again, I'm not saying that only five guys deserve to come back. I just look at this list and say there's five guys that I would bring back that I would make a priority, right? There's other guys that, of course, could fill voids and they'll get one-year deals. Like Andrew Billings. Let me use him for example. I think he's a pretty good defensive tackle. I don't think he's a starter. I think he was thrown into the starting role because he had to this uh, past year. But I think he's a guy that's a good you know, he's a, he's, he's a guy that you could put into a rotational piece. You know, he, he's a good depth piece, I think. That's just me. So if you were to give Andrew Billings a one-year deal, a two-year deal, I would see no problem with that. I thought he played pretty decent for the role that he's asked to play. Uh, so, so guys like that. So I didn't include him in my five. But if they brought him back, okay, that makes sense. You've got you've to fill out a roster. You've got to have, you know, depth on your roster. So I'm just looking at, at guys that I think are priorities. So I'll start. I'll go over my five real quick. I think the obvious, Josh Jacobs, that's number one. And when you look at Josh Jacobs, and we had his interview that he had from the locker room yesterday, and he said that he wants to be back here. It's got to make sense. Well, we saw the note from Joel Corey who said he'd try to reset the, the running back market, which is more than Christian McCaffrey's making. That's over $16 million a year. I don't see the Raiders doing that. I don't see any team really doing that. But to ask for it, that's fine. Like, I'll, I'll go into Natalie's office right now and be like, hey, can I have a raise? Can I make so and so much? And she'll say no, and that's okay. But at least I asked, <laughs> right? I mean, that's okay. So the market value, according to Spotrack.com, what they think a reasonable, realistic contract extension for Josh Jacobs, a multiple-year contract extension for Jacobs would be, is about four years, $51 million with $12.8 million, uh, a year. 
and that's not you know that's not putting in how much of it's guaranteed. But four years, fifty one million, twelve point eight million a year. The fifth year option that he could have got this year was about eight million dollars, and the franchise tag is about ten. So it's a raise from all that. So to me, that's that's fair. I think now, I'm not saying that he wants fair. He might want more than fair, and that's okay too. I never blame these guys for trying to get every single penny that they can because they might not get another chance, right? You just never know when the last time they can get a, a big-time contract extension. So that's the market value, the, what they claim to be fair market value. I'd be good with that. If they found a way to give Josh Jacobs a deal like that and structure it however they want to structure it, I'd be good with that. There's a possibility they can go with the franchise tag for $10 million. So that would be one. However they work their money out, that's not my business. They have to, they have to figure it out. That would be my number one guy. Jared Stidham would be number two for me. He'd be a guy I brought back and say, hey, you're going to be my backup for at least, you know, the next three years. And we're going to give you a nice amount of change to be a a quality backup. You saw what he can do in a pinch. He's not a guy that if he has to go in there, he just has to hand the ball off and get out of the way. He's a guy who can sling it around the yard and give him an opportunity to grow. Whoever the veteran is that they bring in, if they decide to bring in a veteran. So I would make Jarrett Stidham priority number two. Number three, I bring in Jakob Johnson because... Well, he just helped pave the way for Josh Jacobs to be the leading rusher in the league. So I think Jakob is important. So I definitely bring him back. And I don't know what that deal looks like, one-year, two-year deal. I don't think it's – he ain't breaking the, the, the bank, right? He's not getting Alec Ingold money that Miami gave Alec Ingold. But he'd get decent money. Jerron Harmon, I'd bring him back for the same reason that they had him this year. As long as he wants to come back, I'd want him to be back to be that guy, to be the guy that could be a coach on the field, a guy who can wear the green dot, and also a guy that makes plays, studies film, is a playmaker. Raiders don't have playmakers. They have guys that play their role, but they don't play, they're not playmakers. That would be four. And the fifth one would be Mac Hollins. And I don't expect a whole lot from Mac Hollins as far as big-time wide receivers, but I know he plays a major role in special teams, and he looks like he's developing into a guy that could be uh, you know, a go-to guy as well, if, if, if need be. I'm not saying he should be a go-to guy. It should be Devontae, Darren, Hunter, and then Matt Collins, but still a guy that could provide a little something-something. So those are the five guys that I'm looking at as my priorities out of 26. Again, a couple other guys may sprinkle in and there, in and out, but that's about it. Josh Jacobs, Jared Stidham, Jakob Johnson, Jerron Harmon, and Matt Collins. When you look at the 26 people, who are you looking at as guys that you prioritize as comebacks that need to come back? Oh, we're prioritizing. I think my list may be shorter than yours. It would just be Josh Jacobs and Jared Stidham. That's it? Yes, when okay. it comes to priority. But I would still, I would add a couple of guys. Right. Just bring back, yeah. yes. I mean, excuse me, Foster Morrow, he would also be on that list of, you know, a nice depth piece. Obviously try to go out and find something better. Right. But, you know, if he's your second or third tight end, you're not hurting as a team. We've seen him step up for Darren Waller in a pinch when needed. And also Amir Abdullah. Also, you know, maybe not the second back, but your third back, your third down back. We also see what he could do this year with returning kickoffs. Also, maybe not a priority, but if you bring him back, Amir Abdullah, to be that third down back in the return kicks, you could be doing worse off in the league. Okay. So those two guys are the only pieces that I would add to your list of five and add those two and make it a list of seven. But well, no, just, make, just, just your list. My, no, list. my list is good. My list is still – I like your list too, but I'm adding those, those two as well. Okay. I see your list and I'm like, oh, but I would add also these two guys. But priority, like, hey, we got to make sure we get a deal done, only Josh and Jared. Jared because he knows the system. So mm-hmm. whoever the new quarterback is, obviously he can help him along. And we've seen that in 
for one game, right. he can give you a spectacular performance. And Josh Jacobs, because you know he's the backbone of the offense. Right. I think Josh. I mean, Josh Jacobs is a no-brainer. Right. Yeah, so. but no one else. The production that Mac Hollins gave you at receiver, you can find that elsewhere on the market. You can. I just think he, he played a good role. Right. I, I feel like he was. He he played a really good role. Uh, when actually he was elevated to a higher role, uh, he even was able to do that to a certain extent. He was really good on special teams, team captain. You know, what I mean, I just I kind of feel like that they had something going with him, and that they might want to you know give him another opportunity to see what he could do. Nothing, nothing massive, no massive contract, but a, you know, one two year deal. I think that'd be okay with him. But that's what we are talking about. And there's some guys on here that I know are probably fan favorites that I didn't include because I'm looking for the Raiders to go make upgrades. You know, it's it's one thing to to be at the same level that you're at and good players, but I'm also looking to okay, how do you improve that position? So we want to hear from you, Raider Nation. 702-365-9200. Don't be broke.com text line again, 69187 keyword R and R. Before you can go into free agency in the draft, you have to look at your own team and decide who to bring back and who not to bring back. Out of the twenty six unrestricted free agents that the Raiders have going into this offseason, who are who who are your priorities? Because they could bring a lot of these guys back. But who are your priorities to bring back is what we want to know. So, again, hit us up, 702-365-9200, and don'tbebroke.com, text line 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, got a text from the 209. Solid list, Q. On top of those guys for depth, I would try and bring back Billings, Foster, and Illuminor. And Illuminor is an interesting uh, subject. I think he's a guy that wants to be a starting right tackle, but in my opinion, I don't think he is a starting right tackle. I think he's a really good swing tackle. I think he's really good depth, like the text said, you know, bring back these guys for depth. But I think that in his heart of hearts, he wants to be a starter somewhere. I just don't know if he's that guy. So now that's going to be interesting to see what happens with him this offseason if another team reaches out and tries to bring him back. The, the offensive line for the Raiders obviously needs to have a massive upgrade. And if Illuminor is a swing tackle, if Illuminor is part of depth, I think that's a really good solid piece. If he's a guy that you're trotting out there as you're starting right tackle each and every week, I think that that's not something went wrong. Right, I think that they can go and get better, and that's why I'm looking at some of these names and I left them off because I think they're good players. I think every player in the in the locker room is a really good player. I think any player in in the NFL is a good player, but you can want better. You can want to upgrade, and, and that's what that's what I'm looking at. Uh, Mailman Raider said, "Q out of bring back JJ, which is everybody's one A, but after that, give me Harmon and Perryman, tier two priority. Stidham, Jacob Johnson is tier three. Amik isn't a free agent this year. I really like what he's growing into. I hope he's brought back or not cut. And yeah, Amik has actually got another year on his deal for some reason. And I don't know why, Mailman Raider. I've been trying to cut Amik short. No pun intended. I've been trying to cut him short for a long time. I don't know why. No disrespect to Amik at all. But no, he's got one more year left on his deal. And I know I've said before, and I was wrong, that he, uh, you know, that, that he was going to be a free agent after this year. He is not. He's got one more year left on his deal. Now, when they go through the evaluations, they'll make the decision, like you said, to bring him back or not as far as just you know, releasing him or being on the roster. But he's shown a little something-something this year. And I know it's frustrating sometimes with Amik because you'll see him get burned for a big play like you saw Kansas City uh, get on top of him early on Saturday. But then you'll see him come back and make a play, and you're like, yeah, good play. And then you'll see him get burned, and you're like, ah, oh, damn it, Amik, right? So it's almost one of those love-hate type things. Like, you get mad when, uh, when he gives up a big play, but then you get so excited when he makes a big play. And he does make plays, right? I mean, he, he plays bigger than himself at times, right? And then there's other times where it's just like, you know, he's like, oh, that's so frustrating. Like I said, that, that first big play that he gave up against Kansas City on Saturday was so frustrating because the wide receiver just really didn't do anything special. They just ran right by him. Looked like Georgia and TCU last night, right? When my guy Hodges Tomlinson just let the wide receiver go and it was like a pitch and catch. 
And that's what happened with Amik on that first that first big bomb from uh, Mahomes on Saturday uh, at Allegiant Stadium. So uh, we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. And, of course, our don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Who's up first, Damon? Juan the Smasher. Juan, welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? What's going on? Uh, I'm chilling, man. Man, no, that's right. <laughs> hey, Q, I'm going to answer your question real fast and simple. I'm bringing back the leading rusher, first and foremost. Then I'm bringing Stiddy. Then after that, Billings, Perryman, and Holland. The rest of those fools, trash. Get them out of here. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> right on, Juan. And then he hung up on us. Then he got us a dial tone. Trash. Get him out of here. Goodbye. Wow. All right. Juan the Smasher. He said, uh, he said Jacobs, obviously. He said Stiddy. He said Perryman and Hollins. Is that it? Yes, he did. When he said quick and simple, I thought he was going to elaborate a little bit more, but no, nope. he did not. No, he did not. We got, we'll got. we go out to the phone line one more time, 702-365-9200. Let's go ahead and hit the don'tbebroke.com text line. Then we'll get to Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. Uh, we got one from the 707. Jacobs, Stidham, Morrow, Hollins, Rock, Harmon, Illuminor, Depth, Clee for the right price. That's a lot of guys right there. It's a lot of guys. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, if you include Clee for the right price. And I think Klee, he's an interesting, he's an interesting guy. Right. Because he did do well in his role. But did he do good enough is going to be the question. Right. I mean, his role, when I say his role is basically like, hey, we need we need you to go do this. All right. This week, we need you to go do this. This week, we need you to go do this. I mean, he never had really a defined role, but he never, ever backed away from any role that they asked him to play. So he's really a very valuable piece. Uh, I guess just like they're saying for the right price. That's going to be one that's going to be interesting to see what they do. I, I'm assuming with a guy like Klee, they're going to let let him, you know, I don't want to say sit out there on the market, but they'll let him be. Uh, test the market. Yeah, test it a little bit. See what see what the market's looking like. And and if, you know, he sits out there for a minute, maybe maybe they say, hey, you know what? Let's bring this guy back. You know, maybe Patrick Graham says, let's bring this guy back on a one, two-year deal. But with the defense, I'm very hesitant with bringing a lot of guys back because that defense needs so much work. So much work. And I want to see it upgraded in a major, major way. I don't care who the quarterback is next year. If the defense isn't better and the O-line's not a lot better, it ain't going to matter. It's that simple. 225 is the time. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN will join us next. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. When you hear the bagpipes, well, you can hear it for multiple reasons, but when you hear the bagpipes today, that's because our good friend from ESPN, Paul Gutierrez, is joining the show. And Paul, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We do appreciate you. How are the bagpipes, my man? Hey, I have come here to chew bubblegum and talk to Raiders. I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Again, Paul Gutierrez <laughs> is our guest here, ESPN, joining us to talk all things Raiders. And, Paul, we started off the show I was asking about, before you can get into free agency, before you can go into the draft, you got to take a look at your own team. And Joshua Daniel said that on Monday. He said it's evaluation time. The Raiders have 26 unrestricted free agents right now. I mentioned Josh and Stidham as two guys that are must-returns, right? I think that they really have to prioritize those guys. I also said uh, Mac Hollins. Who else did I say? I had a couple others. Uh, who else? Jakob Johnson, Jakob Johnson, and Jerron Harmon. Those are the five guys that I said. And I guess with me not being able to remember a couple of them tells you all that you need to know. 
out of out of the 26 guys, who are you looking at as priorities that they need to bring back for 2023? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's obvious, right? That Josh Jacobs is the guy. They got they got to make it make it happen. They got to make it uh, worth his while. They got to make him whole. And you know, but and I've had the conversations with Josh uh, Jacobs himself about not getting his fifth year option picked up last year. He said it really didn't bother him at the time. He just looked at it as, hey, I'm just going to get paid younger and yeah. sooner. So he puts in a, he puts in the season he did. He's going to get paid. From the Raiders' perspective, it would be real simple to just slap him with a, a franchise tag. And over the cap right now has him only like at ten point one million projected for a running back for one year. That, that's nice, but that's you run the, the risk of insulting him, right? right. So you just got to make him whole. Stidham is real interesting to me too because he's going to get a pretty big raise based on these two two games as long as they bring him back. But then there's also that whole you know the big elephant in the room. You know, do they go after the Tom Brady, the Jimmy G? Do they inquire about trading for Mac Jones? Because that then is going to affect how they do everything else in the quarterback room. They definitely need somebody in the room that knows the system. Stidham looked, you know, he looked way more comfortable in two games, in my opinion, than Derek did in, in his 15. So he is a must return as well. So those are the two guys. I think you nailed it on the head with those two guys. Uh, Matt Collins, again, was a, a very special, special teams player, um, but did a lot of things offensively as well. So he's looking for a raise there too. So. There's a lot of questions they got to figure out. Defensively, Denzel Perriman is the biggest question in my mind because, you know, when he was on the field, that defense did look different. It was, you know, a bottom four defense in the league. But when he was out there, at least it looked competitive. So he's another guy on defense they got to really keep an eye on. Right. And the only reason I didn't put Perryman on my list is because I feel like his injury history and his injuries are starting to pile up, which has been really the, the, the name of his career. Yeah, no doubt. And, and that's the thing is, they, they, you know, my, my point is you got to make a decision one way or the other. And at least when he was on the field, he knew what he was doing. I mean, he got yeah. coming off of a Pro Bowl year, but but you're right. I mean, the injuries start to pile up, and that was the the the, the book on him coming anyway when they acquired him in a trade. Yeah. So you know, defensively, they're going to have to you know they're going to have to reimagine the offensive line again. Uh, as I wrote for tomorrow, I mean, if you're somebody like a quote unquote Tom Brady, would you want to come and join this team uh, behind that offensive line as it is? I don't think so. No. There's a lot of questions. Right. They have their core in place. Uh, but then again, they had the corner plates coming into this year, too, and uh, the win-loss record didn't look so hot. So no, cool. no, it, it didn't get the job done at all. Again, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Uh, Josh Jacobs, he received the Craig Long Award. You you presented it to him yesterday in the locker room. It was really a cool moment. He wasn't expecting it. Yeah. He got it. Uh, you know how special the Craig Long Award is. Uh, I tried to explain it. I tried to play the sound, and I didn't even have it with me. I don't know what I did with it, but just explain <laughs> what the Craig Long Award is and why it's so special and, and, and why Josh Jacobs received it. Essentially, the Craig Long Award, you guys, it's named for a former Raiders PR staffer named Craig Long, who was just a phenomenal guy, a great guy, and demand you're getting kicked out of this. He was a huge wrestling fan as well. Big Mark. <laughs> he used to go to all the events when they were in Oakland. Um, he passed away uh, a few years ago, so they named this award after him, and it's basically the good guy award. And, and you know, fans may not care about it. Uh, players may not, ha- you know, may have bigger things on their plate. But it's just the media, the people that are there every single day that, that get an opportunity to interact with the players and and he, he just kind of, you know, is not only a pro on the field, but off the field, in the locker room, after a tough loss. And that was the thing with Josh was there were many times, man, when I was like, okay, we're going to have a Chappelle show skit here when, when keeping it real goes wrong. Because <laughs> he always kept it real. Yeah. But it never went wrong. So in, in like a, a blind balloting by, by a quote-unquote select group of media that the Raiders chose to go ahead and vote for this, we all voted on it. And, and yeah, Josh was my guy that I voted for, and it was a – it was one literally, I mean, I'm not joking. I tweeted this out last night. It was one of those kind of like career bucket list things for me to be able to hand out a good guy award to somebody that actually 
not only appreciated it, but, but seems like he, he took green. He was happy for it. He looked at it, and he looked at me, and goes, man, this is dope. This is going to go right in my man cave. And yeah. it's funny because, you know, he's, he's won Player of the Week awards before, but they didn't give him anything. They just gave him a title. So this, he actually had something to hang up in his man cave, he said, and that's where it was going to go. So for me to be able to hand that to him, you know, I've handed Tim Lincecum his second Cy Young Award. I handed wow. Andrew Bailey his American League Rookie of the Year Award on, on the mound out there in the Coliseum and at the – where the Giants play, which I believe is SBC, Pac-Bell, whatever they called it at the time. So to be able to do that in the locker room, that was, that was literally, for me, a, um, you know, you get in this business, we don't get into it to be the story, but that was cool to be a part of that story yesterday. Now you're just showing off. <laughs> yeah, want to pick up some of those names you dropped? <laughs> I like it. Hey, you know what? I'd be doing the same thing, though. No, that's awesome. It really is. And I didn't realize that you had never presented that award because, I mean, you were smooth as silk, man. When you presented it to him, it was good. So I was like, oh, this must be what Paul does every year. So <laughs> unless you had t- if you hadn't told me, I wouldn't have known no difference. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, I, I just play that kind of reporter on TV, right? So <laughs> it was fun. It, it, it's just one of those things, man, where, you know, it, you, you get a vibe with somebody. And with Josh, the reason that I personally voted for him was because, like I said, he always kept it real. And, uh, you know, I wrote a bigger story earlier this year about it, the relationship between him and Marcus Allen. And we went deep, and it was one-on-one. And then I talked to Marcus, and Marcus basically confirmed everything that Josh was saying. And there's a unique relationship there between these two guys. So especially for a guy who was born, what, five years after Marcus played his last game in the NFL. Right. For me, that's where it came from. I'm sure a lot of other reporters looked at it and saw how raw he was after that loss in Pittsburgh. Um, And again, just keeping it real. And like I said, it did not go wrong. It just kept it real. Right. And that's the thing, Paul. I mean, and he even mentioned it. There's times he walks in the locker room and he doesn't want to talk to us, but he never shied away from talking to us anyway. And was never, you know, rude or disrespectful with any answers. He just said whatever was on his mind. If it was short, it was short. If it was long, it was long. But it was what was on his mind, and it was genuine. And that's what that award is about. Somebody who you just, you know, is real, and you're respectful, and and you just kind of go from there. And especially when it's somebody that's that's a pro bowler, and in my opinion, and is going to get my PFWA vote for a first-team all-pro running back, I mean, you know, it, it, that just speaks even more volumes. And like I said, he genuinely seemed enthused and impressed with the plaque, which probably cost about, what, $250? Right. For the exactly. Whatever, yep. He looked at that and he's like, man, this is dope. This is going to my man good. Yeah, no, he, he was clearly real appreciative of that. Again, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Another guy that's very, uh, you know, open and honest with us in the locker room is Max Crosby. He gave us plenty yeah. of time yesterday. Uh, a lot of really good stuff he dropped. And I don't know if you kept noticing that he kept mentioning not alpha dog in that exact word, but he kept saying that, you know, guys that that want to be great, not just be good, but want to do the extra work to be great like him, like Josh, like Devontae, and basically hinting at, hey, we need more guys like this in the locker room. And even to the point where I asked him if he's a good recruiter, he said he's working on that as well. How much do you think Max is enjoying now kind of being the face of this franchise and and really trying to help them along to their next level? Yeah, he goes along. He's come a long way, no doubt, especially when he was a day three pick, right? Right. Fourth round draft pick. and. And Mike Mayock caught a lot of heat when he compared him to Ted Hendricks. He's just on the owner because the owner said, whoa, that's, Mark Davis told me that, that's a pretty big compliment because if I were ever starting a team, Ted Hendricks would be one of the first guys I'd pick. And that's what Mark Davis told me. And yet he, he's just all over the place. He's relentless. He's one of those guys that you just can't keep down because he keeps coming and coming and coming. And, and you know, he's human. He had a couple of bad penalties against the Chiefs, but, you know, that's what's going to happen. At least he's out there trying, right? Yeah. So for him to be able to do that, and again, he was the the good, the, uh, the award winner last year, yeah, uh, because of his his opening up. And then again, for me, it was one of those career moments for me where 
he enabled me to break that story about him being in rehab at the start of the pandemic and, and his battle for sobriety uh, in the heels or in the wake, actually, of Darren Waller winning the award for opening up about his story and him being a two-time winner the previous two years. So you got guys on this team that are real, that are raw, and are willing to share. That's, that, that goes a million miles, right? And then when it transits under the football field and these guys are your stars and they're the faces of the franchise, that goes even further. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. you got those guys. you got your core. Now you need to fill it in. Right. And it, it, it reminds me a little bit of kind of like, um, you know, in, in way back when, I guess, 20 years ago, right, when, when Shaq said he needed a thug. He needed somebody to yeah. power forward to, to fill out that roster. And as soon as they started getting those guys to surround him and Kobe, boom, they took off and Dynasty was born. I'm not saying that's happening here. But that's the mentality, no doubt. Right. It's got to be the mentality. And you're right. They have the core guys. They just got to fill in around with with the pieces that are going to help them elevate them and take them to the next level. And so part of that is free agency. That's not the only way to do it, but a part of that is free agency. How attractive, in your opinion, Paul, you've been around the league for a long time. How attractive is Vegas right now as it stands to come here for free agents? Uh, well, number one, and, and just, again, since you're keeping it real, right, uh, no state income tax, that's yep. huge. Yep. That is so huge. To play in a state-of-the-art stadium, which in my opinion is the best stadium in the NFL right now, and that's including SoFi, um, that's another thing. The only kind of like negative kind of thing that kind of is just hanging around the neck, the albatross here, is uh, all the other team fans coming in and taking over. But that's right. going to happen when you're not winning yep. or when you got some controversy going on or when you're benching your quarterback who is so polarizing that half the fan base <laughs> stays home or sells their tickets anyways. Right. But, yeah, it, it, to me, it's a huge um Allure. It's a big attraction. If for nothing else, then it's just new. And it, it's, you know, and it was one of those things that raised hackles a lot during training camp. But when you got Bill Belichick saying this is the Taj Mahal of training camp facilities, that is going to carry a lot of weight as well. That's what I thought. And I, I keep telling everyone that'll listen that they're not going to have problems bringing free agents to Vegas. I mean, people want to be here regardless and want to help turn things around because I think they see a lot of, like you said, the core. You got Devontae Adams. You got Max Crosby. You got Josh Jacobs, assuming that he's going to be back. You've got a lot of pieces to like. And these free agents that are big-time free agents, some of them are going to look and say, hey, I can help turn this thing around. Like Chandler Jones said, I, I get to go play with Max Crosby. I mean, he was fired up just to come here to play with Max. Yeah, and that's the thing with Chandler is that you, you hoped and you wanted for a little bit more on the stat sheet, right? Yeah. And obviously that's, that was the whole theme throughout the season was, well, he's doing things that you don't see. Yeah, but you paid all that money for a guy for four and a half sacks <laughs> right. and three of those came in one game. I need okay, some sacks. Whatever. Kind of <laughs> I need I, some numbers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's not to, to take a shot at Chandler or not, but, right. but if he comes back and, and plays out of his mind, look at that. That's like a free agent acquisition right then and there. Mm-hmm. So now you're looking, okay, now you got to get a linebacker. Now you need a shutdown corner. But then again, who doesn't need a linebacker in the league? Who doesn't need a shutdown corner? So it's one of those things where you got to show that, look, this is where when you're, you're making your recruiting pitch. You show just how close this team was. 13 won four games, and you're four and nine in those games. You flip those games around, that's nine more wins. Or if you just flip the games you won and you turn them into losses and the games you lost turn them in, they're 11 and six and getting ready for the playoffs this weekend, Q. So they are close. Uh, I mean, you compare, and this is my story for tomorrow. You know, I know, I know usually you ask me, but I'll just tell you. you know, <laughs> that's right. I'm going to ask. You know, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just basically this. I mean, last year, you know, they had the six white knuckle uh, walk off wins, an NFL record, six walk off wins. Uh, they win their last four in each incredible fashion to force their way into the playoffs. So this year, they, they've blown five double-digit leads in the second half to lose uh, an NFL record. Um, they were only, quote-unquote, outscored by 20-plus points this year 
and they're six and eleven. Last year they were outscored by fifty plus, mm. and they were ten and seven. Right. So it's just the way the mean kind of comes back, and the pendulum swings back and forth. You know, maybe they weren't as good as they were last year. They weren't that good last year, but they got in, and this year they were better than their record. In any event, they just need that consistency, and really, it starts at the top. The learning curve under Josh McDaniels and, 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 and staff that that uh, showed that there's a lot of swings there. But you're right; they they, they do have some role players, uh, and they need more role players to go along with these core players. And we'll see exactly where they go. But just the danger, man, is this division is so top heavy. Yep. And uh, we'll see who the coach in Denver is going to be because that's going to be another bucket for the Raiders to get around to. Absolutely. Paul Gutierrez is our guest here from ESPN here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Necessary Roughness. Just got a couple more questions for you. Nate Hobbs is a guy that we're going to hear from uh, after you. He was a guy that we talked to in the locker room yesterday, and he's injured again. He left the game on Saturday yeah. with a hand injury. And, Paul, I thought it was the same hand. I didn't think it was anything of it. And then yesterday he let us know that, no, this is a new injury. How concerning is it now that Nate is consistently getting injured? Basically, part of the way he plays, right? He's a very physical, very physical cornerback. And, uh, you know, whether he's in the slot or he's on the outside. So it's concerning when guys are getting hurt, right? But, but it's a physical game, and, and you try and figure it out. There's no doubt he's one of the uh, the stars on this defense, if, if that's the word we want to use. Right. But, um, you know, it's a season ender, another broken hand. Uh, you know, you just kind of roll with it and you go. But, it, you know, it is concerning. But, but, but to me, it's kind of unfair to say, well, somebody's injury prone. How do you get injured? By playing hard. You know, right. you can't really fall for that. That's a good point. No doubt about it. Before we let you go, uh, Damon wanted to ask you about UNLV. Go ahead, Damon. You're feeling good about yourself. What's up? Just when they think they have the answers, I change the questions. Paul Gutierrez, oh, UNLV has two wins over two ranked opponents. Are you willing to jump on the bandwagon with me and say UNLV's back? Uh, you could, if you would ask me that when they were 10 and 0 with, with Will Kiss's USF Dons coming to town, I was all in. But watching that game, that, that was like a, an arrow through my heart. And I'll be, oh, because they were right there about to get, to get ranked and then they lose those games and then they lose that San Jose State. Yeah, those are good wins to beat two teams that are both ranked number 21. That's, that's interesting. And to start 10 and 0 for the first time since Larry and Stacy and Greg and, 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 and those guys and Anderson were running the court. Yeah, that, that's, that's nice. But, um, I'm an alum. I'm always going to say they're quote unquote back, but uh, they got to prove to me some more. But I do love the way they play defense. And again, like like your man Roddy Piper said, do not throw rocks at a man with a machine. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. You're you're on the bandwagon. I'm I'm, par- I'm marking you as a uh, he's in. I'm always on. I'm always on. I'm never off. There we go. There it is. Demond's happy now. Paul, you made him happy. Uh, I already asked you, or you already told us what you got coming out. But go ahead and remind us what you got coming out one more time. Why not? Just kind of that season wrap-up and just looking at what, what the differences were between last year and this year and how there really were a lot of similarities in the dissimilarities. And, that you know, like I said, six walk-off wins last year, five blown double-digit leads this year. And therein lies the, the issue, which is the steep learning curve with a new regime taking over, which costs, you know, basically Derek Carr his job, and you got to figure it out going forward. Absolutely. Well, Paul, great stuff as always, my man. Appreciate you. Uh, great job all year long, as you always do. And uh, I'm sure we'll be catching up soon during the offseason, as it's going to be an interesting offseason around the Raiders. And I will have some new intro music ready for you guys to go. Thanks for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate you. Paul Gutierrez right there from ESPN. Fantastic stuff, as always. And make sure you look out for his piece. I know he'll tweet it out at P. Gutierrez ESPN. 2.46 at the time. As I mentioned, Nate Hobbs got a chance to catch up with him in the Raiders locker room uh, yesterday. As the Raiders are cleaning out the locker room, you'll hear from him. Plus, we'll hear from you. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187 keyword R&R. Before you can get into free agency in the draft, you got to look at your team and decide who to bring back or not. The Raiders have 26 unfree, un, unrestricted free agents right now. Who are you bringing back? Who is 
the priority. Let us know about it. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. Joined us in the last segment. Talked all things state of the, the Raiders as they enter the offseason and figure out what they're going to do with their own free agents and also, of course, look at free agency and then prepare for the draft and all that good stuff. It's going to be a very active offseason for the Silver and Black. Uh, the question I threw out there, the Raiders have 26 unrestricted free agents right now. Who do you prioritize as guys to come back? I had a list of five. Uh, DeMond basically added two to that list, but we want to hear from you out of the 26 guys. And coming up about 315, I'll go over the list again. So just in case you missed it, I'll go over the list again. Um, but we did get a text from Jason in, in Maryland, and we always love when Jason responds. He's very uh, smart. He's very, and I don't mean smart ass. I mean just smart. Like he's he's very smart and under, he knows his stuff. And so it's always fun to have uh, back and forth with Jason. Sometimes he agrees with us. Sometimes he doesn't, and that's okay. We don't mind. Six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. One of the things I asked Paul was about how attractive Vegas is, and Paul said it's very attractive. And that's what I said. I keep saying that the Raiders will have no problems getting free agents because this is a destination where free agents are going to want to go. So Jason said, for many years, the Raiders were an organization where vets would go to be overpaid for a final payday. Who's to say these guys won't do that? All that Vegas is attractive sounds good until it ain't. How many don't like the coaching staff or whatever? People have strong opinions about McDaniels, good or bad. I know you heard what LaShawn McCoy and Brandon Marshall have said. What are your thoughts on that? And two parts of that. You're right about the overpay, and that I hated it when the Raiders would do that. They would always overpay. Like you mentioned, back in the day, they had to to get them guys to go to Oakland and play on the half-dirt field, You know, have terrible um, uh, practice facilities there in Alameda. When Jack Del Rio took over as a head coach, the first thing he said is the weight room's got to be improved and the practice facility's got to be improved so these guys can want to come here. So that was one thing. They have the great state-of-the-art practice facility. They have great state-of-the-art stadium, obviously. I don't think Dave Ziegler is a GM. I think he's already shown that he's not going to overpay, right? If he would, they would have had J.C. Jackson. They would have had, uh, you know, uh, Quentin Moses, the, the offensive lineman. Uh, but he wasn't willing to, to pay more than what he was willing to pay. So I don't think that you have to worry about that. And people are always going to have opinions on the coach. Brandon Marshall and LaShawn McCoy, that's from, that's from head coach Josh McDaniels 10 years ago. So we all were different folks then. So I don't really – I mean, I know what they're talking about, and you have to obviously look at it. But all the guys that I've talked to in the locker room, they all seem to have Josh McDaniels back. So uh, definitely appreciate that text, Jason. It's always great to hear from you. Speaking of the guys in the locker room that talked about Josh McDaniels, Nate Hobbs, he's a guy that we had high hopes for going into the season. It got derailed by injury, but he did start talking to us in the locker room yesterday, and he started talking about putting him on the outside. I felt like that, that spoke volumes to the confidence and the trust he had in me, and I can't do nothing but uh, appreciate that and try to take advantage of every opportunity I get. Hey, obviously you had the, the injury this year and had to play a few different spots, kind of in and out, just based off of health. Uh, how would you kind of you know, summarize this year for you personally? Was it tough for you at all mentally, kind of dealing with all the change and um, being up to it for the first time? Uh, it was definitely different because I've never been injured during the season, especially for that long, like, Probably the last time I probably was injured during the season was in high school. That was like preseason. So I, up until now, I've never really been injured and, and missed games. So it was something that I had to learn, you know what I'm saying, how to do. I feel like it's an unspoken art to, like, be able to miss games, come back in the middle of the season, and get straight back to it. You know what I'm saying? That's something I uh, – Learn had had to learn to do it, and, and I'll be able to do it in the future. You know what I'm saying, if need be. So, but you know what I'm saying, the season went how it went. I feel like everything happens for a reason. So, 
that's just something that I learned. Last offseason, you had to start off with surgery. I know you still got your hand in the cast, but um, some of you you're able to do more than you were at this time last year going into the offseason. What's kind of your mindset when it, when it comes to improving and trying to get better going into year three? Um, really, right now, I'm focused on um, recovery right now because um, last year I had surgery, got right back into it. Like It was really year-round. This year, I want to focus on recovery and um Really like the awareness and mental aspect of the game because that's what separates players. Everybody, everybody is um, super athletic. Everybody, you know what I'm saying, has got her. You have to have some level of talent, a lot of level of talent, honestly, to be here. But um, I think what separates guys is cerebral process and the awareness and things like that. You've seen the vision. You know the direction that the team and the defense in particular wants to go. Are you confident that it's headed in the right direction? I am. I am confident. I feel like a lot of games um, we play were decided by four or five snaps. You know what I'm saying? Every game we played was a super close game no matter who we was playing, except for when we played the Saints in this past game. So I feel like um, we just those couple plays off, which is just really communication and, and the defense and offense all being on one page. So, And I feel like that comes with experience and time. So. What you like about the Joshua Daniels coaching style? Or do you have confidence in the staff going forward? Yeah, I feel like um, he was very by the book. But you need you need coaches like that who's going, no matter what day it is, no matter, you know what I'm saying, who's hurting, who's not, they're going to be like, nah. Because um, it, it's power and consistency. You know what I'm saying? It's power and routine. Stick to a routine no matter if you want to do it or if you don't want to do it that day. It gets you better, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like um, his program he has set up for us and, and the schedule, it just it keeps us on a routine to where uh, it gives us a great chance to win. There's Nate Hobbs in the Raiders locker room. That was Monday as uh, everything was getting wrapped up. We talked to head coach Josh McDaniels for his uh, final time, and we got to talk to the players for a final time, and Nate Hobbs was one of them. 2.57 is the time when we come back. We'll kick off hour number two of the show. John McClain, GalleriesSports.com, Sports Radio 610. We'll join the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.